Hey, my friends, welcome to Real Live Talk. I'm so pumped that you're here because I know that this episode is going to add some serious value to your life, and I'm not just saying that. If this episode blesses you, if you would consider subscribing, sharing, liking, leaving a review, any of that, all of that would be super helpful, so thanks so much in advance. For this episode, I sat down again with my friend, Pastor David Hofline. There's something about talking with David where every time I've ever had a lengthy conversation with him, it's always been a conversation that has really transformed my life, changed my perspective, caused me to think about something new that I'd never thought about before. That actually happened over and over again in this discussion. We uh, talked about some things I didn't know. I had no idea the the roads we were going to go down, but um, the conversation went to some pretty cool places and we got to consider, at least I got to consider some things that I hadn't really given much thought to before, or at least not in any kind of a public way or thought out way or anything like that. Um, talk in this episode about guarding your heart, talk about um, guarding, yeah, guarding your heart against developing offenses, especially related to leadership in your life. Uh, talk about the prophetic and hearing God's voice. We talked about identity, talked about a lot of stuff in this episode. Um, and I'm telling you, I really think that David added tremendous, tremendous value and uh, toward the end of the episode, he talks about a just a fantastic free resource um, that's available to you right now that you can check out. And uh, it would just be it, it, the, the level of value that's being offered for free um, in this thing that you'll hear about at the end of the episode. It's really phenomenal. So I just encourage you to skip ahead to the end or, <laughs> or watch, listen uh, to the entire episode and make sure that you are able to grab a hold of that. So anyway, I'm not going to say any more. I really hope that you enjoy this episode and uh, thanks so much for being here. All right. Hello, David. Hello, Duke. Oh man, I was so nervous that I wasn't going to be able to hear you. <laughs> 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 so uh well everybody uh, anybody who's uh gonna be watching this live here sorry about um the lateness getting started here about 22 minutes late because we had some major technical issues and i couldn't hear um audio on my end and it was crazy but we finally got it working so yeah i don't know it was crazy but thanks man thanks dave for being here how you doing man oh, i'm doing excellent it's a privilege to be with you and i'm glad that the tech stuff worked out it was yeah a little hairy there for a while. I was starting to lose hope. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we were we were like casting out demons and speaking in tongues and and uh, you know just prophesying yep. to the computers, and it eventually worked. But my faith was starting to wane there a little bit. And I didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. So um, yeah, just real quick, how are you doing? How's life? This is the second time you're on the show with me. So really appreciate you being here. And uh, just for anyone who doesn't know you, let me just mention that um, David Hofline is my guest today. And David is a pastor at United with Christ Church and uh, international speaker and coach, prophetic joy, pr prophetic voice, yes, prophetic voice in this generation is what I was trying to say. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I, I was actually, I don't know if you saw my post or not, but I was saying it's, it's truth, like from, from my heart, every time, every time I talk with you, um, I feel like I, I leave the conversation different than, than I was when, when I started. Uh, I don't know if you, you know, you have conversations with people and you leave that conversation feeling like 
more in love with Jesus than when you started. And I think that that should be the goal for a lot of our conversations. And and I feel like um, every time I talk to you, that that's what happens to me because of of just uh, of just yeah, just the 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 way you are, who you are, what comes out in the conversations. I really feel like. Um, that uh, we've had some really transformational uh, conversations and just talking about Jesus. And so really appreciate it, man. Thanks for being here again. And uh, yeah, brother, how are you? How's, how's life been? That's good. Well, it's a privilege to be with you. And thanks for your kind words. It's probably the nicest thing anyone could say about it, anyone in my opinion. And so thank you. Life is good. My, uh, my daughter is now six months today, six months old. And so um, wow. My wife Kate and I—we're uh, just living the dream, being parents, and and just enjoying it more and more every day. And uh, it's easy to be grateful to the Lord. We're just looking at our little girl, and uh, I woke up this morning and I got up early, and then I went back into our room to get ready for work. My wife and my baby were still asleep, and the baby was laying on her side, and she had put the pillow like over her eyes. Uh-huh. It looked like she was like trying to avoid waking up is, is pretty cute. So it's awesome. Yeah, it was, it's great to be a dad. So yeah, fatherhood, I uh, just celebrated nine, my ninth anniversary with my wife. And Come so we, we had a little getaway. Yeah. The baby came on the getaway, but it was great. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's just a great season for family for me. That's awesome, man. It's so cool yeah. watching their little personalities develop little by little in the little ones. And, um, how every se- at that age, you know, especially when they're so young, the changes are so quick. Um, you know, like the, there's so many changes going on because the growth process is is so you know so accelerated in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, you know, it's like every every week or every month, there's there's differences, there's new things, there's you see them, you know, you see the wheels turning and starting to figure out. You know, or excuse me, as they're starting to figure out uh, what they're, you know, what's going on and becoming more aware of yeah. their surroundings and more aware of your voice and people and their expressions. And it's yeah. just so cool to kind of see their little personality develop. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just cool. Yeah, it's it's so true. And and her little personality is like the word that best describes it is joy. Like she just. She does this thing now where when she sees you and I come home from work or I greet her when she wakes up or something from a nap or in the morning, she'll, her instant reaction is this. Like, <laughs> it's just all whole face, mouth wide open, a huge <sighs> like this surprise smile like where she's just happy to see me. And uh, man, that's, that's awesome. Actually, uh, just a couple days ago, I was rocking her to sleep at night and I was just noticing how much bigger she is in six months than she was when she was a newborn. And I was doing the same thing. And I heard the Lord speak to me so wonderfully through this experience. So here I am rocking my daughter and I'm mm-hmm. seeing how much she's grown. And I had this, this sheer delight and joy in my heart for her growth and development. And a lot like what you said, the new things and all that, all that's going through my head. And the Lord said so clear to me, he's like, this feeling you have, this joy you have over her growth is exactly how it's the kind of joy I have over your growth and development. And he's like, and there's never a day and never a time where I think that your growth is frustrating to me or doesn't threaten me. It's not, 
and, and it's interesting about growth too. Like our baby, like she rolls now, so you can't leave her alone on the couch okay. or on a bed. So it's like, you gotta be more with it. So the new, the growth and development presents these new challenges and possibly even new frustrations for us um, as we have to adjust to them. And Lord, is it, you know, the challenges you face, the frustrations you have from your growth, uh, they don't frustrate me either. They delight me. I'm like our daughter. She doesn't want to sit still anymore. She wants to like, she's pre crawling, but she's almost there. And yeah. so she wants action. She wants to move. And she's frustrated when you like put her on her back and kind of wedge her somewhere. She's mad about that. And yeah. it's cause she's like, her growth is like, you know, causing her to have these ambitions. And the Lord said that to me too. He's like, those ambitions, those drives, that growth, I'm not putting a cap on that. I like that. I'm not frustrated about your frustration. I'm going to help you. That's awesome. And uh, I just think that people need to know that like God is not putting any caps on your growth. He's not putting any caps on your development. And, uh, and you should, you should expect that from your leaders. You should expect your leaders to be just as joyful about your growth as the Lord is. And if they have any other reaction to your personal growth and development, like being threatened or trying to control you or minimize you or sideline you, that's their problem. That's not your problem. Well, and, uh, and that's too bad, but expect the best from your leaders too. You know, expect them to be excited about your growth. Don't minimize or hide yourself. Um, mm. I had, I had to learn that, that, you know, doesn't, no one, it's not doing anyone a favor for me to hide how, how fast I'm growing or where I'm developing or new fruit, new, new things in my life. Well, um, people, yeah, it's going to help people. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's, it's funny. I think that I think that we can really get caught up in that sort of like false humility thing sometimes. I think that's mm -hmm. really cool that you brought that out. Because, um, yeah, I really think that we can get stuck in that. And it's like if people around us aren't growing, it's like we tend to want to stifle ourselves sometimes or even in other things, even with like material things. If we find ourselves advancing or increasing in certain areas, um, like I know that I've, I've done that for sure. Like in my mind, just kind of like, Oh, wanting to downplay something because, you know, I'm, I might have uh, an advantage that someone else didn't have, or mm -hmm. I might have received a blessing that some, you know what I mean? And, and mm -hmm, kind of like mm -hmm. trying to downplay something. And, uh, I think that that's such a, I'm, that's so cool that you brought that up. I, I hadn't really thought much about this until just now, but that's such a scheme of the enemy, don't you think? Because like, yeah, the the good stuff that God's bringing into our lives, He wants to use it to bless people. He wants to use it to like put His glory and goodness on display. But if we're caught up in false humility, we actually don't shine like who He is. We don't demonstrate who He is and what He's doing because right. we're you know making it making it too much about us rather than about pointing to Him. You know, thinking that may, maybe we'll be judged yeah. or just whatever it could be. You know yeah and you know the glory of god the word in greek is doxa and it, it means a lot of things but one uh, of them means it has this reputation so like god has sh shown his new covenant glory through us in christ so that people can taste and see his reputation through mm -hmm. our lives wow and it's like if we put vows over it like moses did then how are people going to taste and see the reputation of a good father if his sons and daughters yeah. don't don't shine it through, they're not going to see it. And yeah. um, and you know, I'll be honest with you, Duke. Like, I I have experienced some toxic leaders in my life, and uh, not toxic as so much as just immature leaders that I mm -hmm. ascribed more maturity to them than yeah. they had. And and it and they weren't excited about my growth 
and they didn't necessarily get behind me and help me in ways that I was growing or ways I was called. And so I learned to kind of play the game of like, be humble and kind of bide your time. And, you know, that whole, I'm just going to say it, that whole teaching <laughs> of Saul and David, that is just crap. Like mm. the whole, like serve this man's ministry until God does this and that. Like, you know, you serve Christ. If Christ mm-hmm. called you to serve under and with some man or woman, do that. But do yeah. it as unto the Lord. That's what Paul says. Serve your masters unto the Lord. Serve your boss as unto the Lord. Like, yeah. serve Christ by serving them. Don't don't just serve them so that like one day God's going to see that and reward like somehow reward that. Like God's going to do that when you obey Him. If serving mm-hmm. them is obeying Him, do that. But we we've played that we've just made a, oh, such a weird Christianese politics out of this whole mm-hmm. loyalty thing and and it's wow. become a real scheme of the enemy to keep many sons and daughters really in mediocrity and and, and subservient weirdness and yeah. I, I don't see that in Christ I mean Christ says to the boys he's like all right get going like kill the sick cleanse the leper raise the dead get going get out there before I yeah. get there do the stuff you know in three years he's like I'm peacing out guys. But send in the spirit. It's better for you <laughs> that I go. And they're like, what? And he's like, yep, it's better. You're going to have yeah. what you have externally right now. You're going to have it internally. And it's going to be a lot better. And uh, greater things than these you're going to do. And, and I just, you know, I, I want to have, I want to just be freed up so that when I lead people, they feel that off of me. They can run past me. They can, they can go. They can do it. Um, so good. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, oh man, I really think that it com- a lot of it really just comes down to, well, you said you mentioned immaturity. I think that's a big thing. I think insecurity is another big thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that, I think that we can be insecure on like every level on every side, you know, as a leader, mm-hmm. being insecure about people that I'm raising up, getting to a point where they're, you know, getting to a point of prominence and, uh, you know, not wanting people to get to a certain point because I don't want them to be seen as, you know, bigger than me or better than me or Mm -hmm. whatever. I think that that's the greatest though, like testimony though of some or testament to somebody's leadership is when your follower actually, you know, someone that you've been raising up or pouring into gets to a place of, of personal expression, you know, getting to a place Mm -hmm. of greater advancement and growth that doesn't reflect negatively on you as a leader that reflects that reflects so positively. It's crazy. Like what could Mm -hmm. be better than that? Like somebody that you've been raising up actually gets to the point where they're like, I was talking to um, a a while back, I was talking to a a pastor friend of mine who, you know, he had planted this church and he'd been pastoring uh, for, it was like eight or nine years or something like that. And he had a, uh, you know, protege, basically someone that he had been raising up in the Lord. And I think they might've been, I don't remember if they were the worship leader in the church or who they were. I can't remember the details, but he, uh, he got to a point where he just like, it was the most like healthy, just rational thing that I've ever heard. He just got to a point where like God was speaking to him and telling him, you know, it's time for you to move on. And, and he's like, I just recognized like, um, I'd been raising up this guy uh, I remember him saying to me, he, he started preaching me under the table is like the, the phrase that he used. <laughs> like, and, and like, as far as it played out, maybe there is like some internal insecurity there. I don't know. But like, as far as it played out, he was just, he just went with it. And I was like, man, mm. that is so admirable to recognize 
what God is doing, what God is breathing on in this season and not mm -hmm. trying to hold on to something for longer than you're supposed to. Yeah. Um, and you know what I mean? Because you don't trust God enough to where he's going to take you next, or you don't trust God how it's going to about how it's going to reflect right. on you and your character and your reputation and all of that. And so, right. you know, uh, I thought I was, I was so impressed by that because first of all, he didn't know where he was going to go. You know what I mean? It was just wow. kind of like, okay, God, we'll just, we'll follow you. And yeah, wow. this, this guy, he's, he's ready. And I, I think that we get so guilty of that in, in the church, definitely in the, you know, in business circles and, and other places mm -hmm. too. But I think we, we get really guilty of that in the church of keeping people in a lower place than they should be for too long. And a lot of time, I really think it's because of, of our own insecurities that we, uh, we don't elevate yeah. or promote people as we should. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, for me personally, I experienced so much of that kind of leadership that I have, mm. I faced the temptation to read those motives into good leaders that God brought into my life yeah. who weren't, weren't doing that and who weren't like that. And yet here am I still turning down the volume, mm -hmm. still pumping the brakes on my growth, development, moving in faith, taking bold steps in what the Lord's calling me to do. Yeah. And feeling like I have to show up less powerfully in order to honor the man or woman of God. Like, right. And, and that was not what they wanted at all. That was like totally a, a disservice and, and not their heart at all. And, it just came from just some like rough stuff and weird stuff I had been through. And I was like, get rid of this. This is not helping yeah. nobody. Like, and this yeah. is just being disobedient to me. Like, let's get on with you and I, you obey me. Mm -hmm. I called you, no one else called you. And, uh, you know, and the way you express your call, obviously is serving others, laying your life down for others. And, yeah, you man. know, but there's a certain amount of like, at the end of the day, when you're in ministry, you work for the Lord. <laughs> And uh, you better get going. <laughs> I will, I've definitely been guilty of that myself um, in terms of being in a ministry situation, a ministry context, and holding back for not wanting to step on someone else's toes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, reflecting and, you know, having like even like debrief sessions afterward and being like, yeah, like I did, like, I felt like that's what God was saying, but I, like, I didn't go for it because, you know, I wasn't the one that was in charge of the meeting or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can use balance on that too. There's times where sure. God's speaking to you and showing you what's going on and it's not your place to, you know, jump in there and share. But, um, but yeah, like I've definitely, I've definitely been on the wrong side of that for sure, where I've, I've like not moved in you know, in, in something, whether it was prophetic or, uh, you know, power or whatever, just like, or, or not, not yeah. to the extent that I should have, because I was looking at it like, you know, I don't want to interfere. I don't want to step on somebody's toes. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think, I think you're totally right. I think we need to like, stop making it so much about us and just make it about being obedient to him and trust him yeah. to, to cover us and, and trust him to, you know, do what he's going to do again, not being like out of order and not being crazy with right. stuff, but at the same time, like trusting him enough and trusting the work that he's done in you um, to, uh, you know, come into like a greater expression of what he's put inside you because there's people that need it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and that's Jesus heart. So like, I agree. Like what you said about obedience is so vital. And when I, 
what is, I have to ask myself, what is my motivation for my leadership and ministry? What's my why? And if my deepest yeah. motivation is to please other people and leaders in my life thinking that they're going to make my ministry or produce me or graduate me. Yeah. That's fear of man stuff. That's people pleasing. That's, that's an ungodly motivation. Mm. If my deepest motivation is to love the Lord with all my heart and I, my, I'm, my deepest motivation is I'm motivated by his first love for me. Well, then I'm going to do what he's asking me to do. And if that means being, you know, humbly serving background servanthood to someone else's ministry, sure. then I'm going to do that. If sure. that means God's calling you to launch or God's calling you to initiate this thing, then I'm going to start those conversations with the people I'm running with yeah, and uh, do it with them. I'm not going to do it in spite of them or against them, but I'm not going to hold back those conversations um, because that's what I'm hearing from the Lord. I love what he yeah. says. And that's the end of the book of John. Jesus comes up to Peter and, you know, after he gets restored from denying him and he says, you know, when you're younger, Peter, you went where you want, but when you're older, they're going to stretch your arms out, put your clothes on, take you where you don't want to go. And he's referring to his martyrdom, right? Being dying on right. the cross upside down at the hands of Nero. But <laughs> Peter turns to him and says, yeah, but what about him? And motioning to John, the yeah. beloved. Yeah. <laughs> and John. Jesus says, what is that to you? You know, essentially it's, right. it's, en it's envy. It's like, I, I want what he, that person has. And the more you, the, as long as you feel that way, you'll never be truly happy or content with yeah. your walk, with your call, with your thing. Like get over the envy and just, what is it the Lord's called you to do? You're going to be really happy when you're, you're locked into that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, you know, I, the the false humility thing, I think, is a, a really big deal. And I, I was just thinking as you were talking, a, a friend of mine said something to me one time that really changed my perspective. He said, you know, if people are looking at you instead of looking at Jesus, you're not shining bright enough. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, wait, that was a different paradigm shift for me because I was I, because, you know what I mean? Like I, for a while I was or I guess the default in my mind was um, like. Like, you know, I, I got to downplay this or I got to do that so that people don't mm -hmm. know, actually. And he he described it as a light bulb. You know, if you can see mm -hmm. the light, if the light is on and you can see the bulb, that means that the light is not very bright because like the brighter the light bulb mm -hmm. gets, mm -hmm. you know, the more the bulb itself actually disappears and all you see is the light, you know. And so if right. we if we take that into perspective, you know, like we should be. Of course, we're we're growing and 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 all of that, coming into greater levels of maturity in in God and in you know in ministry and whatever. But I sh I should be demonstrating His love, His goodness, His power, uh, so much so that it's obvious that it's not me doing it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like I'm actually hidden in spite of Christ. me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like like I'm hidden behind how good and how like. Like that was so awesome. What just happened? Like, there's no way that Duke did that. Like, that had to be God. 
Just pausing for a quick second to let you know about a free resource that I'm going to be offering. I'm going to be teaching an online class called Introduction to a Life of Miracles. It's designed to give you a crash course in developing a supernatural lifestyle. Really take you by the hand and help you learn how to experience the presence and power of God in your daily life in practical ways. So this class is going to kick off on September the 7th and run for six weeks concluding on October the 12th, Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time. The class will be via Zoom, so it doesn't matter where in the world you are, you are welcome to attend. Uh, everybody's welcome to attend. There's no cost. It's 100% free. No upsells or anything like that. Uh, it's completely open. You're, you can feel free to invite other people to join you and take the class with you as well. However, you must register so that you can get the Zoom link and the information for the class and all of that. You can register by either going to my Facebook page at DK Lamastra and uh, just find the advertisement on the page. It's in the posts on the page. You won't have to scroll too far. Introduction to a Life of Miracles. Click on the link and fill out that very simple form. You can also find the link in the show notes for this podcast episode. So yeah, sign up today. Introduction to a Life of Miracles. I'd love for you to join me. So I think that the brighter we shine his his love and his goodness, I mean, there's going to be, I mean, it happened with Paul in the book of Acts. I mean, where, you know, right. they, they started looking at him and like thinking that he was a God, Apollos and Paul, and, you know, thinking that they were, you know, it, there, there's mm-hmm. things like that that could still happen. But, but yeah, I think overall, like definitely shouldn't be looking to, to downplay the grace of God that's on our lives, the goodness of God that's on our lives. Yeah. And uh, instead just like have an increased hunger for more and more and more, because the more you put him on display, of course, the more they're going to see him, you know, and yeah. I, and I just think that, light. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. That was cool. cool. That was a good point. That, no one, that you no one puts a, a light under the bushel. It's yeah. nonsense. You put it on the stand. Yeah, absolutely. The city set on a hill can't be hidden. Like it's yeah. just there. It is what it is. And then that's another thing. It's like the one, of the ways, you know, you're walking in kingdom confidence rather than like false humility or pride or whatever it's like yeah just shining is the fun part Mm. like me being me in the lord letting his glory shine through me being his son being the unique anointed person that he's made me to be and getting about that that's that is the kicks and giggles like that is the the high yeah and whatever people decide to do in response to that is is up to them and if they choose to turn around and honor and 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 bless you for it well whoop do you do and if they turn around and right. decide to crucify you for it well that wow. stinks too but it's like <laughs> it's it's never it was never the where that it was never where my back got scratched from you know it was never where i got my affirmation from it wasn't what i was doing it for and so i'm in some ways i'm i'm taking lightly those things you know because we're not responsible yeah. for people's reactions you know some people sure. Timothy reacted to Paul in a great way and produced a lot of fruit. And the people was at Laodicea or whatever, they, or Lystra, they reacted and tried to make him a god. It's like, you're just going to get the whole gamut of folks that do all sorts of things. And you just like, take it as it comes. Yeah, man. And uh, I think that like a lot of people I've, I've heard have used this verse and I used to do it too. Um, Romans 12, three says, you know, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, 
but think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've heard that preached more often than not as a way to say, you see that you're not supposed to think, think highly of yourself. Um, it doesn't actually say that it doesn't say, don't think highly of yourself. It says, don't think more highly than you ought to think. And then it relates mm -hmm. it to this thing of faith because God has dealt to each one, the measure of faith. So yeah, what's inside of you, the good stuff that's in you, the faith that's in you, the ability to, you know, work miracles or to preach a good sermon or whatever it might be like mm -hmm. that thing that's in you is only in there because God put it in there. And so you, you mentioned reputation, you know, and like, and you talked about glory and, and one of the meanings being reputation. Another, like, I think the, the most probably basic um, definition of, of glory is the word weight, right? Yeah. There's like a weightiness right. to, the, to the presence of God. And it's right. like, he's, he's put like, himself in us and you know what i mean yeah. like he's he's put himself in us and so to just sit there and say well no like i got to be careful you know pride's coming pride's coming but you know pride always comes yeah. before the fall and like you know what i mean and, and we can walk around sort of on eggshells and not experience freedom to really express mm -hmm. the god that's in us you know christ in yeah. you the hope of glory right and we can we can do that and we can sit back and not um, yeah, just, just kind of being afraid to, to go forward for fear, you know, being afraid of, of right. becoming prideful or being afraid of thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought. And, uh, you actually are supposed to think highly of yourself. You are, yeah. you're supposed to think highly of yourself, but not because like you're all that, like in terms mm -hmm. of you by yourself, but mm -hmm. think soberly because God's given you the measure of faith. So, there's amazing things that God has put within you, but it's all because of him. It's for him and it's meant to reflect his nature. Yeah. You know, so like, don't belittle yourself. Don't put yourself down. Don't think that you're not good enough or any of those things. Like, mm -hmm. it's just like the mm -hmm. basic sort of, uh, you know, the mm -hmm. basic one, two punch of the enemy. I think so many times is just to get God's kids to doubt um, their worth and their value and to think that they're not good enough, you know, for God or whatever. And uh, we're not supposed to think like that at all. Whatever level we're at, whatever level of maturity we're at, um, I mean, we're not supposed to. We God never thinks that way about about you. I know. Uh, yeah, and that's I love that Bill Johnson quote. I can't afford to have a thought about myself that God doesn't have about me. Yeah, right. it's like uh, I, yeah. I gotta only think the way the Father thinks about me is what I gotta think about myself. And, and I, so I think good. the way to walk in this we're talking about is a healthy worship habit. Like, yeah, my lifestyle is worship, but do I have a time where I choose to fix my focus on the Father? Like, I choose to focus my whole attention, all of my affections, my psychology, mm -hmm. and I let it come to a, attention on the Father, on, on God himself. And I, I just let my devotion, my affection, and my my mental energy and the pictures in my mind and all of that become come to settle on, on him and his essential personhood. Yeah. You know, and I, that could be through meditating on scripture, um, you know, who God says he is. I could meditate on the mm -hmm. person of Jesus because he's the clearest revelation. Or I could sing worship songs, you know, however it is that you, you come to do that. But having that, doing that, it allows you to recalibrate and, and come to a sense of who you really are. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're in his image bearer. You're made in his likeness. You have Christ's likeness, new creation yeah. nature in, yeah. inside you. 
you can't really come into contact with all that stuff or, or be refreshed, renewed, and you're focused on that in a way that you can act out in your everyday life unless you've got a daily focus, you've got a daily worship habit. Um, because otherwise, all these other things in the world, you know, worldliness, love of the world, will compete for your attention and your focus. True. And it will try to tell you a, a, a different story about who you are. Um, tell you, you know, yeah. I'm trying to tell you the context yeah. you're living. Paul says in Acts 17, it says in him and in, in the in God, we live and move and have our being. But the, these other forces in the world are trying to tell you, you know, uh, in a, you know, in a capitalistic society, you live and move and have everyone. So you better get your side hustle on. They'll try to tell you, uh, <laughs> right. In the context of love, you live and move. So it's all about who you love by and who you love. It's like, well, that sounds like a recipe for codependency, you know? Mm. So it's like all these things are pitfalls that try to frame up what our life's about yeah yeah anytime I, anytime i guess we try to add to scripture we'll go down that road right mm -hmm. of um just ending up in a place where god didn't intend for us to be and the enemy certainly has like his whole bunch of counterfeits that he'll mm -hmm. try to like you said um entice us with and that you know we can look at and maybe you know has a form of godliness as the bible mm -hmm. says but mm -hmm. it's not ultimately it's like tweaked you know it's, right. it's tweaked to fit whatever our social right. paradigm better or it's tweaked to maybe so that we could fit in better with like the you know the crew that we that we run with or whatever we mm -hmm. do you know the things that we do to try to like make it make the word uh, more palatable instead of just living according to it and experiencing the fullness of, you know, what he's actually prepared for us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like what you said, like not adding the scripture it reminds me of what Jesus says in John eight, where he says, uh, you'll know that, you know, if you, if you stick to my word, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So good. And it's like, yeah, that's where the real freedom yeah, comes from. That's where freedom comes from. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, hey, let do, me, do you ever minister to people on here? Like, people were going to watch this i just feel like there's people watching this that we gotta <laughs> minister to them right now like they're gonna get free from this this crap like that they're dealing with is um, that okay or do you want should we do oh, that another time it's completely okay yeah okay it's completely okay yeah man all right well in jesus name if you're watching this and you have an issue yeah. with false humility and you've been you know putting a little cap and a lid and a camouflage on yourself so that you don't get uh, in some sort of weird situation where you're rejected by your leaders or ostracized or yeah, I just break that off you in Jesus name, be free in Christ and obey yeah. the Lord. You're free to obey God. You're free to uh, live for him and pursue his call and any voices or attachments that are trying to tell you a story that's otherwise about your life and mm. keep you from being the powerful person you are. I break that off in Jesus name. Well, I just declare over you that whom the son Christ Jesus sets free is free. Indeed. He's already yeah. paid for your freedom. And I just call you into that right now. Uh, may you just right now have a just visualizations of who Christ says you are and what he's purchased for you to be and mm. the purpose he has for your life and the love of the Father. Let it just all wash over you now as you watch this. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Mm. So good. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for uh, just, a, just a new understanding of of their identity in you, God, mm -hmm. just a deeper revelation of Jesus. 
Um, even as David mentioned, in, in you, in Christ, in you, God, we live and we move and we have our being. You are everything. You're the source of, of, of all of it, God. So for any anybody dealing with um, any lies of the enemy that would say that they're not good enough, that they're not strong enough, that they don't have what it takes, that they've messed up too many times, that they're past too many scars or, or issues or wounds from the past, or even looking ahead to the future. And anybody dealing with anxiety or, or worry or fear because of what tomorrow might hold for them, God, or, or for mm. the circumstances that they find themselves in right now. We just, just, yeah, we break off every lie of the enemy and we just declare, God, that peace, your peace, God, that surpasses all understanding, just guarding their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. God, we just thank you for a deeper revelation and understanding and knowledge of you in Jesus' name. Um. Yeah, man. Awesome. So good. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, I was, I was mm -hmm. thinking as we were talking, um, you mentioned, well, at first you said toxic and then you said, you know, maybe it was just like an issue of immaturity, you know, having in the past some leaders that were over you that maybe didn't know how to, you know, cultivate, um, that well enough or to you know um bring you to that place and there was some things and i don't know if it was a situ if you'd been in situations where you'd been you know personally wounded or hurt or you know offended or, or anything like that but mm -hmm. um i wanted to ask you because i know that that's a big issue for sure um mm -hmm. like what's maybe something that you've learned to do to kind of guard your heart in that context because I think when it comes to leadership um, in the church, I think we have a, we can, I think that we can get really easily offended when we don't mm -hmm. deal with issues. And a lot of times I think that we, we don't really, you know, we might have a leader over us who um, inadvertently says something or does something, mm -hmm. or maybe they didn't even do anything, but our perception was mm -hmm. that we were left out. Or that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we weren't, what's mm -hmm. the word I'm looking for? Like, not nurtured, but um, we weren't um, um, affirmed. I think that's where I was working for. Like, yeah, like have yeah, been yeah. affirmed enough or or taken care of to the extent that, and, and again, maybe it was just like our wrong perception or our wrong ex misaligned expectations yeah. that caused that. But I think that the the enemy is so like anxious to get in at any kind of like root or yeah, seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because anytime that you allow an offense to go unchecked, mm -hmm. it always leads to unbelief. Like if you let that thing go far oh, enough, good word. it's gonna yeah. lead you to a place of of uh where you're disconnected. It, it maybe it's gonna cause you to begin to sow dissension without you even realizing it. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Like, so someone someone hurt you. In the in the church, whether maybe it was one of your leaders or a pastor, somebody like that, and it yeah. was unintentional for them, or as far as you know, it, it was unintentional. But now you've got this thing, this little seed of bitterness in your in your mind, and so now you're talking to someone else in the church, and you, the your conversation just regarding that person just ever so slightly just begins to be tweaked, and you start to sort of even even subconsciously almost like throw them under the bus. Or just pointing out like some of their mm -hmm. issues or flaws or something like that, um, mm -hmm. you know, in a way that maybe you hadn't done before, but because you're sort mm -hmm. of, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. So we tend to, we tend to, to speak and we tend to live out our lives based on, you know, what's going on in our heart. And so I think 
you know, guarding our heart becomes so important. And it's one of the areas that I've seen in my life where um, I've had to be cautious when there's been a person in a place of leadership that Mm -hmm. has somehow, you know, offended me or done something that caused me to, you know, be hurt or wounded. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like learning to, I think, guard our hearts um, when that's going on so that we don't allow like that seed Mm -hmm. of bitterness or whatever you want to call it to like become rooted within Mm -hmm. us to the point that it begins to affect us. Because, you know, in scripture, the, the word offense is the word stumbling block. And so what actually happens is when you become offended, it's that old adage, like hurt people, hurt people. So like when you become offended and you don't, you don't deal with your offenses, you actually become a stumbling block for others. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's not even intentional, but you'll just start to, you know, speak in a certain way or act in a certain way that kind of leads people, you know, subtly down that same path. And so anyway, I'm just curious, like based on, you know, what you had mentioned um, a little while back about having some leaders that were over, yeah. you, that maybe, you know, there was some immaturity there and maybe there was, you, you know, I don't know the extent of what it was, but um, is there anything that you've learned like along the way how to just kind of guard your heart um, in relationship with, you know, leaders or even just other people in the church? I love I mean, everything you said was super powerful. And so that, that's a whole lesson right there that that's worth learning, um, about guarding your heart and not letting offenses build up in your life. And I think just from a pragmatic standpoint, doing the Matthew 18 stuff, everybody, everybody asks, like, it's so hard, but it's like, Good. Go to the person who hurt you. Yeah. Tell them how they hurt you. Um, and just let them know. And, and then tell them, you know, say, Hey, I, I, and I forgive you. You know, you're not forgiving them because it feels good. You're forgiving them because Christ told you to. And <laughs> that's how you walk in freedom. Like if they don't, if it goes over like a rat sandwich, get a second person and go talk to them. Mm. Um, and the goal isn't to get them to apologize. The goal is just to say, I, you hurt me. And here's yeah. what you did. You know, um, a lot of times though, the the hurts, I would say Matthew 18 is kind of works best when a leader did something or said something um, that you can point out like concrete. There was a date on the calendar and happened or, or a series of or things that happened that you could remember. But a lot of the offenses that happen from leaders and even in my own life are more in the the gray territory. They're more nebulous. They're more yes. perceived and, and they lie right. more into the unmet expectations or I expected the yes. leader to do this for me or to treat me like this, or, you know, we have all have these preconceived things that we want from our leaders that we're following. Maybe you want them to give you more time preaching on the stage and then you hope they give you a spotlight sure. yeah. or invite, invite you on their ministry trips yeah. or pay you full time, or pay you more full time, pay you more <laughs> with healthcare or, uh, include you in family da- gatherings or treat mm. you as a buddy or treat you as their son or daughter. You know, it's like, we all have these things that yeah. are based on the desires of our heart. None of them are wrong. Like they're not bad in of themselves, but oftentimes I, I'd say we, like for me, it took me being hurt by the leader to be able to start to put language around the thing I actually wanted. Mm. Right. Like, Oh, I had an expectation yeah. of this. <laughs> I only know cool. I had an expectation of this cause I didn't get it. Yeah. You know? And then 
It's good. God said to me two things that when I was praying and, and just letting him heal me on the, on hurt from leaders, he said two things to me that have changed my life. One a while ago, one recently. A while ago, he said to me, David, I have given you every person in your life that you needed to accomplish my call for your life. My, my destiny for your life, I've given you every person you need. And every negative interaction you've had or any person, every person that was hurtful or harmful to you, I allowed it. Every person that withheld from you something that you thought you should have had, I allowed that because mm -hmm. I wanted you to rely on me and grow spiritually and, and grow in maturity. Uh, you had everything you need. He's like, I allowed a hardship in your life so that you could build some muscle mass in the spirit, hmm. some resistance training. And I, I realized that, that when I felt like I stopped feeling like, oh, I, I was gypped. I didn't get what I needed. I could be farther wow. if I had more help. But I was like, no, I wanted it to be hard. I want you to grow and mature and grow in strength mm -hmm. and power. That happens through resistance training and hardship. And it is, you know, just to get a quick scan of every biblical hero, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's very true. Uh, <laughs> and then so that just knowing that God isn't withholding any good thing from you, especially wow. not help when it comes from leaders. Come on. It's just not. It's not his nature. If someone didn't give you something or someone withheld something from you or hurt you or let you down, it's because God allowed it and he is going to make it up to you. And that's the second thing. That was the second thing wow. he said to me. He said, David, I have allowed you to be around just throughout my life. You know, um, I want to be careful. I said, I love the leaders I'm with. I love the leaders I've been with. Actually, I just uh, went this weekend and revisited my mentor. Uh, for the past couple of years, he was my mentor when I first started pastoring for about three or four years. And amazing man of God, he's about to retire. That's awesome. And uh, from Apostolic Ministry, he oversaw a network of churches. And he really poured his heart, met with me every month on the phone. Um, so I am protecting my relationship with my leaders. I love them. But the closer you get to your leaders, the more you work with them, the more you realize that they have areas of immaturity. They have areas of flaws. They're not perfect. And they yeah. even have some areas of incompetence, things they're not good at. Right. Yeah. And I, the Lord said to me, he said, David, I have surrounded you and put you with incompetent leaders so that I can show off my glory through your life and no one other person can claim to have made you. <laughs> wow. I was like, oh, right. Because the reality is, Wow. You don't serve a leader so they'll make you or produce you or father you or all of these things. Yeah. You serve a leader because God calls you to serve them. Right. God is the one who will make you. He's the one who fathers mm. you. He's the one who so leads good. you. He's the one who's going to do the thing he promised to do. It's not some leader's responsibility to do it. They could partner with the Lord and the Lord could use them, but he will just be using them. It won't. They're not God. God is the one who called you. Yeah. And when I remember that, it's so funny because that it's like every area where I, I, I felt like I wish so-and-so did better. Yeah. So-and-so could help me. So-and-so could, can make something happen for me. Every area. It, it was just like, I was like, um, ding, ding, ding. I want to do that. Yeah, man. Oh, oh, the almighty wants yeah. to do that. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. I wonder how he's going to do that. Wow. So now I see every area of disappointment, every area of frustration, every area of, Things didn't go the way I wanted, or they, I wasn't treated the way I thought I should be. They're all opportunities for God to show off. 
they're all opportunities for God to show up and do mm-hmm. something wild um, in my life. So cool. It's it's so funny as you're saying that I'm thinking there there's like this double edged nature of grace that is so awesome, but it also let, let me let me tell you what I mean by that. Um, God's grace free frees us, you know, set, sets mm-hmm. us free, frees us to do what He's called us to do. It frees us to be ourselves. It also frees us, like if we mess up, we're not going to hell. You know what I mean? Like if we right. mess up he's not mad at us and we don't have to start over just because we messed up. But at the same time, it's like, it takes away our excuses because, Mm -hmm. and so I'm thinking like God's, God's grace on your life in that situation with what he was saying to you. It's like, um, like, yeah, I've given you everything that you need. Um, even like, I want you to grow through the stuff that's happening in your life. That's negative. And so it takes away our ability to make the excuse of, yeah, well, I didn't have the right leaders around me. Yeah, well, I didn't have the right connections. Well, I didn't have enough resources. Well, I didn't have this. And God's like, no, actually, I'm everything that you need. And I'm not setting anybody up for failure. So you can be confident and trust in me. But all and and so there's like that. There's like that grace. There's like that freedom of, of, yeah, Lord, I can rest in you. I can know that you've got my back. But I think it's it's also kind of like a gut check where it's like, Oh, that means I actually have to stop making excuses and stop living in a pity party and stop feeling sorry yeah. for myself yeah. because I because you have set me up for success. No matter how bad it might look in the natural, you're so much yeah. bigger than it. So that like I have everything that I need to get there. Yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. Who's whose son are you? I'm yeah, God's son. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's this verse in um. I always forget what I always forget what it is. What verse it is? It's in Isaiah, and it's like um. God says, I am the Lord. And then he says, who are you to be afraid? And I, and I love that because it's, <laughs> because it's like, okay, I'm God's, God's about to comfort me. He's about to, you know, it's like, he's like, I am your, I am your God. I'm your Lord. I'm your father. I'm your shepherd. Like, okay. Yeah, that's comforting. That's true. But then he's like, who are you to be afraid? Mm. Like if you really knew me, if you really knew mm-hmm. how close I am and how good I am and how much bigger I am than your problems, like why are you allowing these things? Why are you allowing these problems to cloud, like, you know, to get in the way and to and to shield you from how good and how big that I am, how faithful that I am? Like there's nothing. That's yeah. why I think, you know, that's why Paul writes, be anxious for nothing, because like literally there's no thing that can come into our lives that's bigger than him. Even like yeah. the really bad stuff, the really complicated, perplexing, difficult, even tragic circumstances of life. Yeah. None of it is worth us like losing our peace over because he's just right. so much bigger than it. But I, I think that we and I think we grow, you know, I think I think we have those opportunities for growth where, mm. you know, we've learned to trust God with this area of our lives. And so now that should become like the next rung on the ladder so that next time I have a either a similar circumstance or something maybe more difficult or more challenging, I can look back and say, okay, I have this where I I have this history with God where he showed himself Mm -hmm. to me there. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I can trust him now. But I just I think that we I think that we just forget a lot, man. I think we forget a lot what God, you know, did for us yesterday or last week or last month or last year. When we get up against the wall again and we start to wonder, is God really big enough for this? Is he going to come through? Is he? Right. And so I think we can do that in our relationships and and different things like that as well, where, you know, mm-hmm. again, like kind of going back to what you said, 
we can put our expectations or our confidence or our hope in another human being, in a person mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. give us what we need or to get us to that next level or to get us where mm -hmm. we need to go. And, uh, you know, connections are great resources, people. I mean, having, right. you know, brotherhood and sister, like having fellowship, all those things, God set it up where we, where we need those things. It's important. But even if it's really not where, it, you know, even if it's really not bad or not meeting up to our expectations, like right. he's still big enough and faithful enough. And we still have everything that we need because everything that we need is in him. Yeah. And that perspective, like that perspective for me has freed me to have better love relationships with the leaders in my life, yeah, brothers and sisters, mothers Good. and fathers in the faith that I'm doing life with, because I don't have political expectations of them anymore. Meaning I'm not, they're not, I'm not trying to get them to get me elected to something mm. like, yeah, I, they're just yeah. my family. Good. Like That's you good. don't go to Thanksgiving dinner hoping to have a breakthrough conversation with Uncle Eddie so that he's going to get you into the next season of your life. That is weird. <laughs> like you're going to talk about mashed potatoes and argue over the football game and and, and you're going to just talk about life and, yeah. and be together and do life together and and that's God's heart for for the ministry and and for mm. church too that you know, we're just brothers and sisters part of one body coming together. And God himself is going to promote you. But you don't need to, when you, when you put these false expectations of advancement on people, it muddies up the conversation and the relationship. Wow. And yes, that stuff could happen through, through those leaders. Yes, God could do that. He often does. But keep it about the love. Keep it about that person. Keep it mm -hmm. about who they are. And um, uh, one of the leaders in my life, Chris Skrinzi, I love what he says when he gets a little bit, uh, there, there's some tension in his relationship with somebody. He does this powerful thing where he remembers when it was really good in his relationship with the person. And he goes back there and he lets himself feel those feelings again and thinks about all the good qualities of the person that he recognized back then. And he said, that's still true. And then he chooses to come afresh to the relationship with that in his mind and his feelings. And it often just it, it paves over, you know, it's like love covers a multitude since it paves over yeah. that stuff, whatever whitewater was happening and allows him to move forward with the person fresh. And uh, so I've, in some ways I've adopted that. That's really, really helpful advice. It's really good. Uh, remember when it was good with the person. I mean, especially in a marriage, I'm, my marriage is yeah, great. Sure. It's going great. But even yeah. in whitewater, it's like yeah, at some point it was good. Remember that, go back there, reheat that and uh, copy paste it in your current situation. <laughs> yeah. I think that it actually Jesus gives us that model in, um, you know, in revelation two, when he's talking to the Ephesian church, that's what he mm. says. Cause he's like this church that's done all these great things, right? It's like, I have so many great things to say about you. And then mm -hmm. he says, um, but I have this against you that you've left your first love. And then he says, mm. remember from where you have fallen. Mm. And, uh, and I, you know, and then he says, he actually says, repent and do the first works, you know, again, mm. And, you know, I, th I think that um, for sure in our relationship with God, you know, we can get to this, uh, you know, where it becomes business and it becomes this stuff, especially in, in ministry, I think. Yeah. You know, for people that are that work in ministry, uh, you know, I think that you can you can really be deceived into thinking that you're growing in the Lord 
um, when you're really not because you're spending a lot of time, you know, as your as your job, you're spending time like maybe you've got to work on a sermon or two every week. And maybe, you know, you're spending, you know, a few few nights a week in a Bible study or like, you know, whatever. And so uh, not that those things aren't going to help you grow, but we can uh, we can treat it more like a business and we can be doing like some really great things and not even recognizing the fact that we've actually become anemic in our relationship with him because mm. we haven't connected with him on a on a really personal level like you talked about at the very beginning of this podcast man just like that daily that daily walking with the lord that daily just mm -hmm. recognizing his presence and talking yeah. to him and reading his word and spending time with him and you know not making it this like religious practice or this religious exercise and mm -hmm. uh you know i i think that we can get to the point like you you mentioned with you know, with our um, spouses and yeah, it's such a simple, like practical thing sometimes like, okay, remember like how good it was, remember how good it was in the past. I think we can do that with God. I think that I love that yeah. you mentioned that um, uh, sharing from uh, Pastor Chris about, you know, doing that in relationship with people because our relationships with each other really are so important. And, mm -hmm. you know, we can, uh, we can do this like posturing thing, you know, where, I'm spending time with you because I think it's going to help me to get something out of you. I'm spending time with you because oh, I think yeah. it's going to help me, you know, be better positioned for this or that. And, mm. you know, the heart of God is just like, you know, get rid of that stuff. You know, there's a time and a yeah, place for yeah. establishing connections. There's there's a time and place for networking and whatever. But like, get rid of that and just do life with people and love people. Because I think that um, for us to just hang out and talk mm -hmm. amidst mm -hmm. of all the busyness and stuff in life that we have going on for us to just yeah. hang out and talk and me to be there for you and you to be there for me. And we're not mm -hmm. trying to like gain anything in terms of like physical things or tangible things. Like we're not, we're not doing that. We're just there because we love each other and, and because we love God. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's something about that that I think really moves the heart of God because it's easy. It's so easy not to do that. It's so easy to not mm. sacrifice our time. And I think that we can like, you know, sacrifice our time and our busyness and our schedule and our agenda um, for the sake of like just doing like one of the most basic things I think we're created for, which is human interaction. <laughs> just like yeah, cultivating yeah, yeah. relationship and doing life with people. Um, first of all, we need it, you know, because I, I think for mental yeah. health and for physical health, too having relationships that are you know really based on trust and love and appreciation and support like that's so important for every person but uh also on this like spiritual level i really think that it moves god's heart when we just when we're intentional about doing life with people and not um not setting up our relationships around or like politicizing you could say our relationships not not setting our relationships up around like how i can advance because you're in my life and things like that you know yeah yeah i think this is a real right now word what you're saying duke is a it's a prophetic right now correction for the church um and don't get me wrong i, I believe yeah. in in networking and sure yeah I, I hope our work together is helps us both be more <laughs> effective in our ministry for sure but yeah yeah um but i also know like yeah keeping the heart correct like you said guarding the heart and like 
the heart of God is, is the agape love, that self-giving love. It's not political power. Jesus yeah. was, he was contrasting mm-hmm. the kingdom, which was a kingdom based on agape love, self-giving love of the Father, versus the self-aggrandizing, power-seeking uh, nature of Caesar and the Roman Empire. And uh, that's what's at the heart of, of, you know, worldly politics is seeking power and prestige and popularity and For influence. Sure. And that stuff, it's ironic, that stuff still comes when you seek first the kingdom of his agape love. Exactly. You still, yeah. Christ is all powerful. And he is, you know, he inaugurated a kingdom that's now has a billion people plus. But, uh, it's not, it's, it's the upside down thing. It's not through that. And I, and I think you're right. It's like when we don't forsake the gathering together, mm. uh, whether it's the large group or the small group, uh, we, when we press into that and do a sacrifice of fellowship, when we, we could be earning money somewhere, we could be doing something else with the time besides just <laughs> being together. You're right. God, God does honor that. And I, I think, I think that's how the world's going to know God's real. They'll know we're Christians by our love when we get together and love each other, and they see that, hey, God still on, God still blesses us. Wow, uh, we're still growing. Like uh, our practical details of our life are cared for, and, and God's pouring generously on it, despite the fact that we're not maximizing every moment to yeah. move forward. Like they're gonna see, oh, wow, these people love each other at their own inconvenience, and their life still seems to be working out. Even though they're not working eighty hours, you know, mm. if you are working eight hours, it's, that, that's maybe that's right. where you're at. That's fine, but <laughs> just for an example, yeah. But I think it's I th- I think it's the mindset. I think it's the heart behind it, and I really think that it comes down to. Well, let me say at least for me, um, it comes down to an identity thing because, like, mm. I used to really struggle with that. I used to really think that, like, I had to always be maximizing my output. That I always had to be like even going back to days when i was at elam bible institute and i always felt like can i like really just go and have fun right now like maybe i should be doing this and i I was always thinking ahead to like you know i'm I'm laying the foundation now for the ministry that i'm going to have and like that was really important to me but it was unbalanced it was unhealthy because I, I would just made it about, you know, my my works and how much I could do. Mm. And what I eventually discovered is that the reason I was doing that is because there was this disconnect in my understanding of my identity in Christ, where wow. I was more valued by I was oh, okay, try that again. I was more valuable to him when I was working harder. I was more wow. valuable to him when wow. I was doing more. And it's such a lie. You know, it's such a lie. I could not be more valuable to God than I am right now. And wow. like nobody, what you could not be more valuable to God than you are right now. You can sit on your butt and eat Cheetos for the next seven days and just mm. binge Netflix. You're still like as valuable mm. to God as you will ever yeah. be. Um, not that you should do that. You should, I don't advocate that you shouldn't do that, right. but, uh, but um, it's not going to change the way that God feels about you and thinks about mm. you. And it's not going to change like the calling that he's placed on your life. You know, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. He does not, change his mind he doesn't change the way he thinks about you and feels about you and loves you and um you know i i think that um yeah i don't know man i i, I guess i keep going back know. To that's it, like, really powerful talking about yeah like the the stuff that we allow to just get in the way 
of our relationship with God and that we allow to get in the way of our relationship with others and the way that we honor and esteem others. And uh, of course we have stuff, we've all got stuff we've got to do. If you've got a job, if you've got, you know, whatever, like you've yeah. got responsibilities. We're not, I'm not advocating just like throwing those things away, but there's a mindset to operate out of where you can operate mm -hmm. from a place of scarcity of, I'm, mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, from a place of insecurity of I'm never doing enough, mm -hmm. or you can operate from this place of rest. And that rest yeah. comes from confidence uh, in, in God, number one, and also mm -hmm. confidence in like how, how much he loves you and, and you yeah. know, how he feels about you. You know, when we can operate from that place, we can still accomplish all the things that we're supposed to accomplish, but in a much healthier way. And like you said, when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, these other things are added. So I don't need to seek after the things that are going to be added. I need to seek him mm. because then those yeah. things are going to be added anyway. You know, so true. So true. I don't think I can add to what you just said. That, that was <laughs> it is an identity issue. Yeah, that's super good. Well, let's let's uh, let's let's shift gears a little bit. man. I want to talk to you about uh, tell me a little bit about the prophetic edge challenge. Let's okay. Yeah. So cool. I'm really excited. The prophetic edge challenge is this, um, this online opportunity to go to the next level and leveraging God's leading in every area and season of your life. And what I mean by that is that to take the things that God's saying to you, whether he said them to you in a prophetic word or he's, he's whispered them to you in your still small voice and get into applying them to action in your life so you can see mm. tangible results having been around the horn and and been some places with prophetic people um, grew up in the prophetic myself just seeing more and more folks that love prophetic ministry they love hearing from god um, they love all of that culture but really struggle to see it translate to success in their personal life mm, yeah, or yeah. success in certain areas of their life, like their finances or their business or Good. their parenting or, or certain seasons of their life. Maybe they're really successful at parenting, but then empty nesterhood was just, they weren't ready for it. Or maybe they're successful as students, but young adulthood, they just crashed and burned and, um, I just think that there's always these new things we run into, new challenges, the unknown that we head up against. Um, and that's in precisely the place where you, you should be leveraging your prophetic edge. You're leveraging God's leading to really succeed in that area. Mm. The challenge is kind of based loosely on Romans 8, 8.14. It says, as many as are the sons of God, they're led by the Spirit of God. That means that you have a, an edge in life a wow. prophetic edge, an advantage uh, <laughs> compared to the rest of the world because you're led by God's spirit. You're, that means you're prophetic. So the challenge is this four day thing. It's already going live online. It's on a, in a private Facebook group, which I, I think I shared the link with you, Duke, um, the prophetic edge challenge. And so you basically, you, you join the group for free. You got to answer like three questions and then agree to the group rules because it's international and it's free. So anybody can get in there. So we have some rules to keep it awesome. biblical and positive, um, but people are already going live and interacting and you can, you can go shoot a live video of yourself and just share your life and how you want to grow, invite friends. 
And then on Thursday, August 26th, we're going to have uh, two speakers are going to do a live session. And then Friday, there's going to be another speaker. Saturday, another two speakers. Sunday, another speaker. And these are all uh, ministers and prophets who are super seasoned in the prophetic. And they're going to be bringing uh, a talk. And then they're going to do a live Q&A where you can actually get on. It's going to be Zoom. You can get on the Zoom call and you can ask them questions live right there. And they're going to also prophesy over people right over Zoom. The so Zoom cool. call, the Zoom conference is also going to be live streamed to the private group, which means that you can watch it there. And if you choose to not do the Zoom interaction or you can catch it later. So maybe you couldn't make the live stuff, but uh, you want to go back and, and watch what happened there. Uh, you can totally do that too. So the challenge, it's called the Prophetic Edge Challenge. It's on Facebook. Awesome. You can look it up and uh, anyone can join. You just got to fill out the questions, agree to the rules. Okay. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So what's the benefit um, for somebody who, let's just say somebody, we've, I, we've been talking a lot in this session about, about ministry, um, but mm -hmm. for what's the benefit for someone who's not necessarily um, in ministry in terms of like a specified role in full-time ministry, mm -hmm. who's just, uh, oh, I shouldn't say just, cause I don't, I don't, I don't mean it like that. Um, but in terms of like um, someone who's a business person or somebody yeah. who, you know, works a job or, you know, even if um, they're a, a stay at home parent or something like that, right. I mean, obviously we all need um, God's unique expression for our lives in the context of, of life, right. you know, and, and, right. and his voice. And so what's the, um, what's, what's the benefit for somebody who is maybe not in ministry, um, but just wants to learn how to hear God's voice, you know, more clearly in daily life. I mean, you mentioned a little bit about, um, you know, being able to practically like walk out, you know, or, or yeah. to, to live in response to his voice. And so just right. maybe share a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, um, the application piece, not just hearing, hearing, yes, what God's saying, but then taking action steps in your everyday life so that what you're hearing becomes a reality in your mm -hmm. life. So if you're a business person, you know, could you hear God for a business plan? Could you hear God for a marketing plan? Come could on. you hear God for a divine, you know, could you hear God about uh, a divine appointment with someone else that becomes a long-term business partner and you become very profitable? Um, could you hear God about how to, you know, covertly or fragrantly win people to Christ? Um, if you're a stay-at-home mom, could you hear God about how to speak to your kids in a signature way that unlocks their heart and connects them to you in a powerful way? Um, there's all these different things that could take place. And so the, challenge each day has its own theme or topic that kind of get at how you'll be equipped. So day one on Thursday is clarity and the t day is all designed to help you gain more clarity in what you're hearing from God so that you can take action. Mm. You know, if you don't yeah. hear if you hear God, but it's all yeah. kind of gray and fuzzy. He won't know mm -hmm. what to do with it. So I want to help you get uh, even more clear on the details and, and, clear sense of direction so that you can take some obedient steps based on what God's saying to you. Um, day two is confidence. I want you to be able to grow in your confidence in stepping out in faith and acting on what God's awesome. saying to you. Uh, day three is connection. I want you to be able to 
connect more quickly and deeply with the people around you through the leading of the Holy Spirit. So your relationships all go to another level, whether that's in a networking situation or in a relationship connecting family friend situation. And then day four is creativity. And, uh, you know, you could hear God about what stocks to buy, when to sell them, or you could hear God about an invention, or you could hear, I mean, how do you apply God to the creativity and creative expression in your life uh, in whatever area that you find yourself in? Do it like no one else has ever done it because God's inspired you that way. That's so good. I've actually been doing that uh, just recently. I I started, um, I do, I do a little bit of like crypto uh, trading here and there. And, uh, and I started doing that because I was like, you know what, this is like a really practical way (laughs) that I could, uh, uh, you know, just, continue to cultivate hearing your voice. And so um, I started doing them like, okay, buyers, you know, should I buy this? Should I say, you know, just those things, because the timing, yeah. you know, especially in, in that, um, in that world in, in cryptocurrency trading, it's like the timing is so uh, is, is crucial a lot of times, yeah. you know? Right. And uh, so I, you know, it's one of those things where it's a really quick, like I like looking for, and I don't, I don't actually suggest that people do that. Um, <laughs> like I'm not, How I'm, you're not being actually, led. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, yeah. that's for me. Like, I don't recommend, um, you know, yeah. that for someone, especially if you've, if you, if you're new, we'll say to hearing right. God's voice, um, that's probably, you know, you don't want to necessarily mess around where you're going to, you know, be yeah. losing money if you get it wrong. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been losing, like I've lost money anyway without it. So <laughs> I figure, <laughs> So I think you're like God's in the details of your life. Let's go for it. You're including him. You're including him in those details of your life. Yeah. And that's so powerful. Yeah. And I'm always looking for like ways where you get really quick feedback. I think that that's important. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you can, because we're growing and we're all going to miss it at some point, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's actually, it's okay. Like, it's okay to have that growth process of learning to hear God's voice more clearly and it's necessary. And so right. part of the growth happens when God speaks to you and you move on it and then you find out, oh, well, maybe I guess I missed it. I guess that wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what I thought it was. And then but you learn from it. You go back to God with it. You can ask God mm-hmm. questions like, OK, God, where did I miss it or how did I miss it? Or, mm-hmm. you know, but like as long as you have that hunger before the Lord and and you have that sort of, um, you know, I, th- I think a lot of times we let pride get in the way and different things. Yeah. And I, and I really think that like you, you alluded to this a minute ago. And uh, I said this last night, we actually, we had a teaching session last night on hearing God's voice and we were kind of going around the room and we were uh, hearing God for, for one another. And I, um, uh, I said something that I had never um, said before, like in my, I teach a lot on hearing God's voice, but like I said something that I'd never said before, or I never said it this way anyway. And it was, um, I'm going to see if I can remember it. Um, I, I think that a lot of times we create confusion in our mind when God speaks to us, but we don't respond in obedience. Because then mm. what happens is, like, if, if God speaks to me and I'm, and I'm just willing to, like, move on it quickly, then, you know, most of the time I'll find that, uh, that it was actually most of the time I'll find that it was actually God, but I'll either way I'll sort of be able to see if I, if it was or not. But what happens is when I don't 
when I don't obey, so like when when God speaks mm. to me, but then I don't act on it, then like a week goes by, my mind is going to be cloudy on that matter. Like I'm going to look back at it and say, well, maybe that was God, maybe it wasn't. And I, I just mm. think that there's something to responding that actually helps us to grow in hearing his voice and to become more confident in hearing his voice. Um, if that makes sense, the way I'm expressing that. Like yeah, the, no, it totally the, does. The, and, and I, I think what you're saying gets at the heart of what this challenge is about because so many people live in the second thing you described where God said it, they didn't act right away because it was crazy or it was confusing or, or, or whatever, just a million reasons. Yeah. And then you multiply that by years over and over Still yeah. hearing God's voice, but not really knowing how to do something with it. And so my, what I didn't see is a lot of, for many believers, and this was me for a while is their prophetic lifestyle and this whole culture of them hearing from God and their actual 165 hours. They're not in church lifestyle. Don't right. meet or match. Mm-hmm. They're, they're prophetic over here in church and they can share three encouraging prophetic words with other people, but their life is no more successful and no more showing the goodness and nature of God than anyone else around them who isn't saved. Okay. Because there's a disconnect. They're not, they're not applying that over there. And and it gets to the, what you just said about that quick obedience and that, um, that just realizing, Hey, this is for today. This is for now. This is for me. I got to do something with it. Yeah, man. I love the practicality of, you know, hearing God's voice for your business, for, you know, whatever it is that, that you're doing. And mm-hmm. yeah, like God's so practical with us. And, you know, when I look at scripture, I see very clear, like very clear direction given by God. Like you read the book of mm-hmm. Acts, it's like, go to this you know, go to the street called straight, you know, and you'll yeah. find this man and this is his name and this is what yeah. he's doing. And this is what you're going to ask. Him, this is what you're going to say to him. And I've already spoken mm-hmm. to him and told him to. And it's like, mm-hmm. whoa, like that's very, very specific direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, do you have because you said, you know, sometimes we'll we'll be hearing God and it'll really be God. We'll know that it's God, but it'll be sort of like vague. And I'm wondering if you know why that is. Is that because of like that's where our our expectation is or is it because like, do you know why? Um, Because I know that there's this invitation, right, to hear God for very clear things that are like you can Mm -hmm. like it's actionable. You know what to do. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then I really do think that a lot of people get kind of stuck in this zone of, um, you know, really sort of, I don't know, things that they have a hard time knowing what it means when they hear it and knowing how to take action steps. Do exactly. You know, like, exactly. That that's the challenge. That's helping them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I would say just in a brief thing that the main way to, that God would say something to you fuzzy or it's not clear <laughs> when you hear it is yeah. because he's after a conversational relationship, not robotics. So, wow. He he's he's enticing you. Come find out more. Ask, let's let's talk about this. Let's grow. Because he wants the connection. He's he wants to communicate to connect more than he wants to communicate to direct. He will direct you, <laughs> yeah. but he's a covenant God, so he's gonna he wants to connect wow. with you. And if you're fuzzy, it's because he wants that connection to grow stronger. So he's enticing yeah. you. He's he's like drawing you out, drawing you in. 
come ask me more questions about that. Come, let's talk about that. Let me pique your interest. He does that most of the time with people. They'll experience that with dreams. They'll start getting dreams, dreams. And they're like, what is up with these dreams? I keep having this. And he's just like, I'm trying to get your attention. You see that with the different, you know, yeah. Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar. He's like getting their attention. Mm. Wow. It's so, that's so interesting too. Cause like the, the dream dreams really kind of, uh, pique my, my, my interest a lot. Like I, I went through some, several years back, I, I went through the season of my life where I was just like asking God and I was like, God, give, give me dreams. I want to dream more. Cause I would very rarely have dreams at mm-hmm. like period let alone prophetic dreams, but I very rarely have dreams that I would remember uh, at mm-hmm. all. And so I was asking God, you know, speak to me in my dreams, give me some prophetic dreams. And I went through this season of life. I think, I think it was, you know, estimated around maybe 18 months or so where I was like dreaming like much more frequently than I used to. Mm. God was speaking to me in that way. Um, but like, yeah, th- the dream thing really interests me because there's times where you could have a dream that's so specific, you know, exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Like it's, it's like right. circumstances, like it's, it's right. it totally lines up. And then there's other times where you have a dream and you, you know, that it's God because of how like vivid it is. And, you know, because of like the sense that you get, like, I could always tell when I have a dream from God because it's extremely vivid and I always like, like wake up and I'm always like, like awake. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not like groggy when I wake up, even if it's mm-hmm. three in the morning um, and mm-hmm. I wake up, I'll wake up from that dream and I'll be like there'll be some alertness and you know i've just sort of learned to to when that happens if there's any confusion you know i've i've just learned to be like okay god what is this like what's this about mm-hmm. and you know i find that when you awaken from sleep at least for me maybe this isn't everybody's experience but but at least for me i'm like a little bit more receptive in that moment, like I'm not, my mind's not cloud cluttered with like a whole bunch of other stuff and stuff mm-hmm, I have to get mm-hmm. done and all these different things. So I tend to be a little bit more focused and I can usually hear from God pretty quickly. Um, but anyway, what I was getting at was, uh, what was I getting at David? Um, like James, you're there, uncertain there of the meaning of very, very, uh, very specific. And it's, and it's very obvious. There's other times where the dream might be symbolic and there's different things and you've mm-hmm. got to like maybe engage with God a little bit more. And I think that a lot of that is, is because of what you said, you know, God's not like this. It's not this one size fits all thing. He's not after robotics. He's after relationship. And so there's times mm-hmm. where God will show you something and you won't have total clarity because he's actually mm-hmm. calling you to go deeper with him to engage with him and to have a conversation with him about it because he doesn't want to just give you the direction, which he does want to give you the direct, the direction, but he also wants to reveal his nature to you. Exactly. Um, So I think that that's, uh, it's like what Moses said. Moses said, show me your ways. I might know you. That's God's always interested. It's like, okay, I'll show you what to do, but more than that, I want to show you what I'm like and how this all works because then you'll have wisdom. He wants to impart deeper wisdom to you so that you don't just rely on him for every right turn, left turn. You understand the, you know, where things are going and you're able to be a more mature participant with him mm. than just a, a small child who's just following along. That's good. I, I even see that in the difference between maybe this re- I'll explain it and then we'll find out if it relates or not. I think it, in my mind it relates. <laughs> we'll see if it connects. Like, the the Israelites in the wilderness for 40 years, 42 years, 
they were in the wilderness and uh, God was supernaturally providing every single day. It was like food on the ground, right. you know, water coming out of rocks, just, you know, their clothes didn't wear out. It was like the supernatural provision where you would look at you say, oh, that's awesome. But that wasn't the goal. The goal was to be on the other side of the Jordan in the promised land where it was actually like supernatural lifestyle, but in more of like mm -hmm. a, a partnership context with God yes. and establishing kingdom and establishing culture right. and working with their hands and building communities um, with, of course, right. the presence of God in their midst and them partnering with the heart of God. And so you know, right. I think that that I think that that relates in different areas of life. You know, sometimes we're in we're in a mode where we just want, you know, God to do everything and to, you know, like kind of mm -hmm. give us everything quick. But the yeah. goal is to be in this like partnership level relationship where, of right. course, it still all comes down to his grace and his goodness and all of that. But because we're becoming more and more acquainted with him, we uh, right. we actually get to become it's like instead of it's like it's not just God showing up out of nowhere and surprising me, even though he can still do that. It's like me learning to live in the ex expectation of that and, and yeah, to exactly. actually become intentional about you know right. his presence being you know manifested and demonstrated in my life you know right yeah i love that what you said the difference between wilderness versus promised land i got confronted me other one that one time i was praying and, and he was <laughs> like you want me to do a provision miracle but i want to teach you how to steward whole systems of provision well like uh, okay and, and it was that same thing. It's like, you know, you, when you go for, it's a rude awakening when you go from a man of miracle that shows up every morning and God does, it's wonderful to, okay, here's a vineyard and it's going to take you like mm. two plus years to get those grapes going good. Wow. Pruning and deal, dealing with it. But you didn't, you know, the miracle was he didn't plant it. And it, we were, I was praying about wealth, you know, and, and finances. And God was like, I could give you a lump sum or I could, you could start to believe with me for a, system that produces and it won't produce mm -hmm. overnight but it will it will eventually and i was wow. like wow that, and that's because god wants like when we talk about maturity god wants increasing levels of abstraction and sophistication where we don't just represent him one time because we directly obeyed him but we re represent him all the time because we actually get him like, like we wow. get what he's like and we, we awesome. doing doing things like he does it so cool because like so you're stewarding a system then you've got a million decisions to make to, to see fruit. And so you can have a million opportunities to show God's nature in all those mm. decisions versus just that, Oh God, you want me to do this or that? It's like, I want you to be so automatic that you're able to do a bunch of those yeah. things automatically and show them to people. Yeah. My se my senior pastor always uses this as, as uh, an example. He's like, you know, when, when you're a new believer, for some reason, you can just grab your Bible and flip it open and it's always going to land where you need it to land. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's always going to be it's going to be that verse that you needed to hear, that 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 promise you needed to read. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's just going to happen. Like there's something about sort of that honeymoon phase where things are brought to you, I think, a little bit more readily mm -hmm, and just mm -hmm. a little bit more accessibly. And of course, everything mm -hmm. that you need is already there in Christ. We've we've established that, though, right. talking about. The glory of kings is to search out a matter, you know, right. and so it's part of maturity and part of our growth in Christ is getting to that that place where, yeah, like you said, like we're we're getting to know him more. Um, we're learning n not just like 
we're not just learning. Uh, it's not just like, oh, God showed up and did this. And that was awesome. It's mm -hmm. God showed up and did this because this is what he does, because this is who right. he is. Right. So we're connecting with his nature. And yeah. in that, we're learning to walk with him. We're learning mm -hmm. to partner with him. And so now it might not it might not be as easy for me to just like flop open the Bible. I mean, that could happen sometimes for sure. But mm -hmm. like, yeah. like there's there's got to be a little bit more maybe intentionality to what I'm doing mm -hmm. in order for me to continue to experience like sustained growth in my life and to get to the new levels that he wants me to go. And again, I'm not talking about works like like working harder. I'm talking about uh, the more so like the mindset that we approach God with. Yeah, I saw on Facebook, your son just got a black belt, which is super cool. Yeah, man. Super pumped but for I, him. I have to imagine that the, the challenge of each belt is half the excitement. For sure. You know, and, and I think sure. that's the Lord says is like, it's, it's not that we have ever, everything we, is ours already in Christ. We're already inheritors of everything in the heavenly realm, the glory of God. But he allows us to experience fresh challenges in the word and hearing his voice and seeking him because it's fun because it, that's what gets us engaged. So good, man. Um, oh, yeah, I love that. And I love that you that you brought that out, um, that it's fun, like on every level. It's fun. It's never supposed to be taxing. It's never supposed to be, you know, this thing that's got us like frustrated and you know, again, like God's pleased with you mm -hmm. at every level. Like he's he's in love with you at every level. Um, I, I always go back to this. I love it's in um, the second chapter of the Song of Solomon. And it's a verse that they read at, at weddings a lot. <laughs> but I think it so demonstrates the heart of God to us. He says, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice because your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. And that's the, that's the beloved speaking to the bride, you know? And so that's a picture of the way that God speaks to us, the way that God looks at us, the way that God thinks about yeah. us. Yeah. Um, you know, so many times in prayer, we could be thinking, oh, I'm not, I'm not praying right. My prayers aren't good enough. It's like, hey, I just want to hear your voice. You know, yeah. it's like, I just want you to look at me with your eyes because like, I'm just so, I'm so in love with you. I'm so moved by your heart. I'm moved by, yeah. your, by your passion, you know? And yeah. I think that we, again, man, I, I think that we can just so easily lose that stuff and get caught up in, in stuff that just doesn't matter nearly as much. And you know, I think coming back to that place of remembrance of, hold on, like we can, if you ever, for anybody listening to this, like if you find yourself in a place where you're frustrated, you're spinning your wheels, you're trying to go further and you're not getting there and things aren't working out the way that you thought they would, like I just want to ch challenge you to like, pause for a moment and just mm -hmm. remember who God is, remember who you are. And just like taking a moment here and there throughout your day, just to reflect on the reality that's going on right now, that your heavenly father is actually looking at you with amazement, with excitement, with compassion, so with love, and uh, not looking at you like Ugh, you blew it again, you loser. Like that's just not mm -hmm. the heart of God for you at all. Um, so yeah. I think we get to be more productive in life when we learn to slow down and and just remember how good he is, you know. Yeah. Take that with us. Amen. So, one more time David, if you would, um how do 
anybody that's listening, how would they find the um, the Prophetic Edge Challenge? How would they connect there? I know you mentioned a a link um, mm -hmm. that I looked I looked for it. I didn't see. How oh, did you yeah. share it with me? Or did you share it um, on the on Facebook? I might have or... I might have meant to text you and didn't text you. Let's see. <laughs> Let's see. That happens to me sometimes. Or maybe you did, but I. I missed it. I went back and I couldn't, I didn't see it anywhere. But... I'll text it to you right now while we're on this thing. Okay. Um, uh, so we can make sure yeah, we share the a, link the out. The easiest way is to find it on Facebook. Um, yeah. You can find it through my Facebook, but I'll, I'll send you the link as well. So you, if you're up for sharing it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a free challenge on Facebook. It's just a private group. Um, okay. So. You just answer the quick join the group, answer the questions, agree to the rules, and it automatically admits you in. And then participate as much or as little as your heart wants to. That's awesome. And you said that it's free? Super free. The challenge yep. is free. Super yeah. Free. So there's awesome. mostly these speakers, like they're all just doing this out of the goodness of their heart because they want to add value awesome. people. But um, I, a lot of these speakers, they like, they don't do three things. <laughs> um, so. Uh, they're really excited. I, I don't know if you know uh, Prophet Ed Trout. He's an international prophet who trains prophets, and he's That's he's awesome. an awesome, uh, really seasoned guy. So he speaks first, and then uh, then a guy J D King. Uh, J D King is a pastor in Missouri. He's also an author, and he wrote a three volume series on history of healing. Um, wow. Bill Johnson has reviewed this and and recommended it. But it's all about healing, history of healing throughout uh, Christian history. He healing has never, wow. never stopped. It never didn't start at the Zuzu Street. Yeah. It's been going on since Jesus died on the cross. Um, so he's speaking Thursday night. Friday night is uh, Chris Grinzi, my pastor. Cool. And uh, Saturday is uh, Pastor Terry Parks, who's another teacher at our school of ministry. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, and then just a Saturday morning. So he's early Saturday morning, late Saturday morning is my uh, professor, Dr. Joseph Fumetti, who's the, he's like the godfather of Christian coaching. Um, he, uh, wow. Tony Stolzfus and he worked together for a long time. And so he was also a professor at Regent. He was a Dean of the seminary there for a while. He's still an executive vice president there. So he's going to talk about connection. And then on Sunday, this guy named Didier Tissong, who is a, he's a international minister church overseer but he's also a international businessman he does uh i think he does industrial agriculture in africa he does business consulting in europe and in the u.s mm. as well as uh preaching all over the world and he's got a phenomenal prophetic ministry as well so um yeah so a lot of great great voices coming in and uh, i'm really excited i'll just be That's hosting awesome. hosting and maybe prophesying over a few people cool yeah cool that sounds fun, man. Uh, I'm super excited about that. Uh, I think that's going to just bless not a lot of value to people. I, it's so awesome that it's like totally free. Like that's a big deal. Um, yeah. So I'll make sure that I share the link on my Facebook page as well, um, at DK Lamastra, or um, you can probably the easiest way would be on Facebook. If, you, if you're not already connected with David, you can uh, just search David Hofline. Hofline is H-O-E-F-L-E-I-N. For anybody listening to this, that's I know you can see it on the screen if you're watching, but uh, for anybody listening to this on the podcast platform, um, yeah, and then uh, you'll see the, you'll see the, 
uh, what do you call it? The announcement for it right there on the Facebook page. You can connect mm-hmm. with it that way. I'll also make sure that I put the the link that you just sent me in the show notes for anybody listening to the podcast. And yeah, check that out. The Prophetic Edge Challenge. And it kicks off, did you say Thursday? It's kicked off. So oh, anyone can join. It, 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 people it are the group and stuff like that. People right? are interacting. Yeah. There's 140 plus people in it now. That's awesome. Uh, um, but yeah, the actual sessions start uh, Thursday at 11 a.m. is the first one. That's awesome. Very cool, yeah. man. Well, um, thank you again, brother. Thanks for being here. It's thank always, you. It's Thanks for having pleasure. me. I always enjoy it so much. Um, yeah. And this was good. This one was completely like, you know, I think last time, I think, I think I might've had some questions written down last time we got together, but this time we didn't, this time it was just like completely just off the cuff. And I really love where the conversation went. I had, you me know, too. I think yeah. we had any, either of us had an idea where it was going to go, but Really enjoyed it, man. And I, I'm just always so appreciative of the value the value that you add when you come into, you know, my world and my community. And then, of course, the value that you're adding, you know, on your own. So anybody that wants to connect with uh, David, check him out on um, Facebook, Instagram. And yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here. Appreciate any kind of um, liking, subscribing, sharing, anything like that that you want to do to help promote this uh, this podcast and help it get in front of more people. Super appreciative. And yeah, be back on Thursday with the next episode. So, uh, all right. Yeah, that's good. I don't know. Am I, I don't know if I'm getting anything. Just make sure you check out, find it, either look in the show notes or go to one of our Facebook pages or whatever and check out the Prophetic Edge Challenge. It's just, that's such a valuable resource that like you don't want to pass that up. It's going to help you to grow. It's going to help you to learn to hear God's voice with more clarity and in a way that you could really begin to act on what God is saying to you and the direction that God has given you so that you can really see, I mean, oh man, everything shifts, everything shifts, right, David? Like when you begin to hear God's voice clearly and act on what he's telling you, I mean, the, the quick changes and transformations and just breakthrough that you can begin to see in your life where things maybe that you've been trying to do for five years, 10 years, 20 years that haven't been working. Like when Mm -hmm. you get a word from God, even a simple word from God and begin to put it into practice, like you can see things begin to happen so quickly, even instantaneously sometimes, um, just because like when we live according to the word of God, there's no, it's that's living supernaturally. That's living beyond limitations. So can't recommend this enough. Um, So yeah. Well, thanks brother. Appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate you. Thanks too. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Be good.